0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 126th-ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? are you? Yeah, i say so. <laughs> we've been riding the stock market roller coaster this week. Yeah, we have. We've, been, we've really been going through it, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, surely, everybody, by now, by the time you're listening to this... Uh, GameStop stock is, you know, all over the news. It has gone mainstream. We're fighting the
1: world's elite, yes. aren't we? <laughs> yeah,
0: we're doing our part.
1: Yeah, we will never, we will never sell.
0: Yes, Diamond Hands forever. Uh, that's what we've been doing doing this week. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, we've also been, uh, we're, we're planning a little boys trip out to Colorado
1: mm-hmm. with with us three and a couple a few other boys, and uh, it has been a chore finding an Airbnb that fits all of our needs and wants and desires. Yeah. But I think we've maybe finally done that. But it's been. It
0: took some compromises. It took some some good conversations. Some re- some Days re- long conversations. Yes. <laughs> it took it being rejected by a, a property manager. But we finally found one. Yep. So now we got to think about how we're going to do with the podcast in March. Mm. Around uh, March Madness time. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll have to. Missouri's going to be in it. So yeah, they I'll are. Yeah, if they make it
1: to, uh, I think we're going to be driving to Colorado on one of the second round days. So if Missouri happens to be playing on that day, I don't know what on earth we're going to do, but we'll.
0: One of our out. friends, uh, not uh, that doesn't have podcasting duties, is going to have to drive, and we'll have, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll watch cram on three in the seat so probably <laughs> <laughs> gather around the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle, we've got some stuff to talk about uh, up front here before we get into all the news. Um, of course. Uh, we would encourage everyone to check us out on YouTube, subscribe there if you could, leave us a comment lots of comments on the last episode, I got to really engage with the folks.
1: Yeah, thank you for that, that was fun
0: that was really fun um, but we've got a big announcement to make Kyle, I don't know, if are you aware of that? Uh, yeah we have a Patreon page and if you are familiar with that great, check us out patreon.com slash Pod. if you don't know what that is It is a website that helps, um, content creators, uh, set up rewards, uh, tiered rewards for their, uh, in our case, our listeners and anyone who likes the content that we make, and it's a way for our listeners and, uh, supporters to support us, um, and get rewarded by benefits like extra content and, uh, exclusive community access and things like that. So our goal through this is to um, raise a little bit of money, potentially be able to raise the production quality, maybe um, be able to dedicate more time to this than we currently do, and then also develop a community where our good friends and fellow Mizzou fans can talk about Mizzou sports and uh, maybe get some behind the scenes looks into the podcast production, but you can see all the tiers and everything at patreon.com slash Pod. And there'll be a link, obviously, in the description of this video and in the podcast feed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things on the uh, on one of the tiers is a Discord group that mm-hmm. uh, everybody in that subscribing tier would get to uh, be in kind of a group chat uh, with us three and just interact about all things mizzou or really anything so that'd be kind of fun just to build a community and discord yeah
0: if you're not familiar with discord it's kind of like a message board mixed with a chat room of sorts Um, and it's a really cool way to just build a community and uh, talk to each other my only stipulation is uh if you subscribe
1: you have to pay us in uh mcdonald's bags so i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna be the first
0: subscriber oh you you've got oh wow McDonald's you bag. Go. Be oh. the money taker. We're securing the bag today, Yeah, there folks. you go. Go ahead and open that. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Can't wait to see what's in here. Oh, my goodness. There you go. I'm the first oh. Patreon subscriber. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that. What What do we have here? $8. I don't know what that'll get me, but... We don't have an $8 tier, Um. so <laughs> you'll get a $3 refund. Great. But, uh. wow. That... I can't thank you enough for the support. Yeah, you're welcome. And, uh, and I'm keeping this. So cool. hope yeah. you had that <laughs> yeah. hope. That's what you were absolutely. Planning yeah. Have a good one. All right. Um, yeah, so we're excited <laughs> to roll that out, go check it out. And of course it uh, goes without saying, but I'll just reinforce it. You do not have to give us any money to access our podcast. You can just keep listening exactly how you always do and nothing will change. If you do decide to support us, you'll get perks. You'll get extra content. Um, I'll go ahead and tell them. We recorded a... We're going to do a series of classic Mizzou game commentary tracks that you can listen to um, while you watch full games that are available on YouTube. And we did the Mizzou win over Kansas in 2012. Basketball. Yeah, in basketball. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, that will actually already be available for you to access through Patreon. So... That is the first little exclusive perk, but there's so much stuff that we're trying to offer, uh, anybody that wants to support us. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash Missouri sports pod. Look at all the tiers, see what fits for you. And, uh, if it just doesn't work out for you, then no big deal at all. You'll just keep listening or watching like you always do. You ready to talk about some sports? I'm ready. We got news, Kyle. We've got a new defensive line coach and his name is Jethro Franklin. Pretty amazing name, I gotta say, Jethro. Yeah. I, yeah. I can appreciate that name. Absolutely. Uh, you got some thoughts? I was gonna run by run down his bio. Real Go quick. right ahead. He has a lot of experience. That's been a trend lately on the defensive side of the ball. He played in the NFL for seven games for the Seattle Seahawks in 1989 after that as a coach he has coached defensive line every single one of these stops is as a defensive line coach fresno state ucla green bay packers usc tampa bay buccaneers houston texans usc again temple miami oakland raiders seattle seahawks and now missouri tigers
1: uh safe to say i think this guy knows a thing or two about uh defensive line uh apparently he has a good community a good community a good uh relationship with um steve wilkes the Mm -hmm. new defensive coordinator so i believe that was uh hey i just got hired here come on down and uh we'll make a good defense and we are hoping to see that as well
0: (laughs) Uh, just another list just an incredible resume yeah so many stops obviously when your resume includes the green bay packers usc in 2005 basically their peak yeah Um, in recent years i mean i don't know what you could you can't really ask for much more than that seattle seahawks maybe not this year but have had a vaunted defense
1: yeah i don't think he was there this year i think he was there the previous year but yeah yeah incredible amount of experience i'm i'm excited to see these guys integrate into the recruiting game too i mean just so much to offer for knowledge and wisdom of all the stops they've been at Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's exciting
0: hopefully translate on the field may take maybe a little bit of a learning curve a little adjustment period but with the players they've got coming in i think it'll be successful Uh, speaking of players coming in i didn't even plan that Uh, missouri got a commitment from the top juco cornerback in the country his name is jadarius perkins he was previously committed to oregon uh now he's coming to missouri yeah
1: this is a guy whose recruitment has been a little bit all all over the place um missouri started talking to him last spring and he like you said was committed to oregon he had a lot of schools pursuing him still even up until his commitment uh, yesterday uh he gave us a couple of little social media hints that you know he he put mizzou football in his bio earlier this week and so there was definitely some speculation that he that we could be getting an announcement there soon, and and we did get that yesterday. Um, I there's also pretty pretty well known that Auburn was making a really late, very strong push for for Perkins uh, all the way up until yesterday. So, but he is going to be a early enrollee he's in a part of the 2021 class I th- i'm not sure if he has two or three years of eligibility left but he's a, he's a juco guy and he's on everybody Canvas has right unlimited now. eligibility that's yeah. true that's yeah <laughs> nobody yeah play as long as you want that's what, that's how we do it now yeah but uh this guy perkins he's so talented and i'm, I'm really i feel like we're really starting to assemble quite the impressive uh db room just mm. a lot of really talented guys and, and uh some of which haven't played a whole lot of football at Missouri, but are just, I I think, could have a potentially really bright future.
0: It's exciting. Um, speaking of a bright future.
1: You're on a roll. <laughs> yeah.
0: All you have to do is say, speaking of, and just say, like, the last two words you said, and it works. Uh, Missouri would have a very bright future if they were able to get a flip from Luther Burden. And maybe that's more possible than ever. Because he transferred to a, a new high school, and that high school is East St. Louis, Missouri's been very successful in uh, this current recruiting class alone. Yeah, um, with the Flyers. Yeah, they're building a the pipeline
1: there for sure. With uh, with Tyler Macon and uh, Dominic Lovett uh, heading over to Mizzou. I guess they're both on campus already, but. Uh, yeah, I honestly can't think of maybe a better high school for Luther Burton to go to as far as uh, just good connections with Mizzou right now. Yeah. And, and That may be even better than like some of the Columbia schools. It's very possible. So he's just as talented as you can possibly get for a high school player, high school wide receiver. He would be uh, just an unbelievable pickup. Yeah. But right now he's still committed to Oklahoma and many months still left to go in his recruitment. But well, I mean, we've heard from all over the place that he still seems to be very open to the possibility of going to Missouri makes a lot of sense uh, geographically and schematically with Missouri's offense and he's uh, now uh, knows has, has a lot of people that he knows that are that are there so uh, just keep it a, keep a close eye on Luther Burden I, I think there may be some fireworks at some point in that recruitment but uh, we'll see
0: he's so good and just so just like a program changing type player that He's worth keeping tabs on until he yeah. actually signs the piece of paper. Yeah,
1: just incredible athlete. Like do, he plays, he's he plays football and basketball, or did at, at Cardinal Raiders. That where mm-hmm. he was, and uh, I don't know. Just like you said, program changing athlete.
0: Uh, last bit of news I have, I believe, is uh, Missouri's next football schedule was released, complete with dates and everything. Um, so. I'll run through it just real quick. Starts out uh, September 4th against Central Michigan at home. Then immediately road SEC matchup with Kentucky. Then back home uh, against SEMO. Big road trip to Boston College. Then home against Tennessee and North Texas and Texas A&M. Then they get a week off before traveling to Vanderbilt and Georgia. Then they're back home against South Carolina and Florida. And then, of course, ending the season Against Arkansas and this game will be played in Little Rock. So it'll be a home game for Arkansas in Little Rock. Anything that stands out to you in particular here?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely the the front half of the schedule is pretty friendly uh, as far as really Missouri probably should be favored in the first five or six of their games Central Michigan, Kentucky, SEMO, Boston College, Tennessee, North Texas. They should be favored in all six of those games. I would I would guess Tennessee might end up being close, just depending on what their team Boston looks College like.
0: Boston College has a has a really good quarterback. Yeah, that uh, can put up some numbers. And so. that's on the
1: road. Yeah, so that's good. that could be an interesting matchup that we might be a little bit nervous about uh, when it comes time to play that game. But really, wouldn't be surprised at all to see Missouri come out six and zero in that stretch. Like I, it, maybe that might be a little wishful thinking, but it when you individually look at all of those matchups there's really not any of those games where you're like Missouri probably probably should win Missouri should probably win all of these yeah
0: at Kentucky will be a very early test to see kind of where we're at with this team for sure I think
1: yeah and you know Texas A&M was really good this year uh, we get them at home and it's just sometimes it's just tough to tell like how good a team's going to be year to year but really no reason to think that they're going to have much of a drop-off so yeah
0: but um, of course, it worked out for us that they weren't on Missouri's schedule, but we were kind of uh, not scared of Texas A&M all season. No,
1: I, I, I thought they – you could say I thought they were fraudulent <laughs> at the beginning of the season, but they ended up really really coming on strong. Uh, we we only have uh, two back-to-back uh, away games at the end of the year, uh, Vanderbilt and Georgia. That's That's the only stretch of back-to-back away games that we have in the whole the whole schedule so that i think that uh, ends up being pretty nice
0: how about a homecoming of sorts for one josh heupel
1: oh man yeah josh heupel new uh new coach at tennessee he's gonna get rid of the mcdonald's bags um maybe (laughs) um we'll give him the the benefit of the doubt for now yeah we i I don't know man i don't know what to think about it uh i i think he he was getting some hate uh, from mizzou twitter yesterday um I don't know. Well, he's getting
0: some hate from Tennessee Twitter. Was he really? Yeah.
1: His, his offenses tend to be fairly anemic. And when at, at Missouri, he had Drew Locke, program-changing quarterback talent. And you know they they were fairly anemic when they played anybody that was very good. They put up video game-like numbers. We know that whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri's offense was was good against bad teams when he was here, but they they struggled against anybody that that presented any kind of
0: challenge on defense. And they ended up becoming a detriment to their their own defense often
1: exactly yeah because they would have those 22nd three and outs um where they would throw three times and and the and they would just get right back out the defense would have to just go right back out there mm-hmm. so um you know you he's done pretty well at UCF in the last few years but you know a lot of arguments can be made that he inherited a pretty dang good team uh but you know I, I don't know that I know enough to really make it want to make a prediction but Tennessee has kind of been I don't know, like a graveyard for, uh, career, for coaching careers yeah, the last few years. Yeah, it's been years. a
0: struggle there in Knoxville for a little while. Yeah. Um, and the, the athletic director that they just hired was from UCF, and then he just yeah. brought his coach along with him. And I don't know. You kind of wonder sometimes if that was just like the easy option yeah. versus – And uh, they, they paid a
1: nice chunk of money, which money apparently doesn't mean anything. But – to some of these organizations, but I mean, they, or the stock they, market or the stock market. They <laughs> don't get me going. They, they may, they paid a lot of money for a coaching firm and they just hired the, yeah, Josh Hypel So right. whatever.
0: Now but, Missouri's not a stranger to paying a bunch of money to a search firm and then just going with the guy that was standing right in front of you the whole time.
1: Exactly. But I think they probably paid him like, a, they probably paid a hundred thousand dollars for a coaching firm, which is absolutely nothing probably in these, uh, these, these budgets. But, um, did remind me did did josh heupel go to ucf straight from missouri mm-hmm. that that seemed like a huge jump at mm-hmm. the time but it worked out for him he, yeah. they they were good pretty much the whole time he, that he was there
0: yep i don't think uh we've got any word on a defensive coordinator over there at tennessee yet um if we did i just don't remember but that'll be huge i mean who i don't know you, you're you gonna have to have kind of a flexible defensive coordinator to withstand some of those quick three and outs and, I, and I'd be interested to see, obviously Tennessee fans are going to be maybe watching some uh, highlight tapes and stuff or maybe some game film from his times at UCF or from his days at UCF. I don't know if their offense maybe worked out some of those kinks that uh, he had when he was at Missouri. but I'll never forget just literally you could see the defensive players. In some games just kind of look like seriously we're going back out here again this fast
1: yeah yep i i I don't know i didn't watch ucf enough to be able to tell you uh, what their offense looked like when he was there but should be interesting gonna be playing against uh josh heupel and barry odom next year both uh sec east coaches now
0: um give me uh how many wins you got I'm tallying up here, just us off, just no analysis whatsoever. I've got us at. What do you got? I think am I being conservative? I'll say
1: eight. Conservatively eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Because. I think they'll start. I think they'll start off six zero. I think they'll do it. I think they will lose to Texas A&M, Georgia. Florida and probably Arkansas, maybe potentially. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Arkansas or South Carolina. What they they may lose another game along the way somewhere.
0: So if I'm being conservative, they're they're losing four games to. Yeah. I've got them. I've got conservatively. I've got them losing one of Kentucky, Boston College, Tennessee. One of those three. Yeah. So conservatively seven wins. Yeah. I think maybe realistically seven
1: wins. I I probably should have said conservatively seven wins, but if I'm really trying to guess, I guess I'll say eight.
0: Is it football season yet? No, we still got basketball season. Not quite. Uh, Any other news? I'm ready to switch gears to basketball. Let's do it. Now, why couldn't these games have just been in the opposite order so we could talk about the bad game and then have an uplifting conversation I don't know. We
1: always end up probably having more to, to say about the bad games than I the good so. ones. I uh,
0: guess Going back to Saturday, Missouri played Tennessee and just looked great. I mean, this, game, this performance from Missouri is everything we ever want to see. Xavier Pinson was dominant. He was making all kinds of crazy, difficult layups and Tillman – was just commanding the paint in a way that just allowed the guards to drive
1: right yeah i mean i feel like really the the very obvious difference in this game was missouri made three point shots and you know when missouri's when missouri can shoot i, f- I think of the defense as almost like an accordion if, if you if yeah. you will where you know when missouri's making shots Mm -hmm. Tennessee has to expand out they got it they got to guard the three-point line they got to expand out kind of like an accordion when it creates gaps in the defense where they could get into the lane and that's what they were doing you know and Pinson was was draining threes and but he was also penetrating in the lane and he was just doing whatever he wanted and the first time we played Tennessee uh, couldn't shoot so they just packed the paint and we couldn't score inside either so uh, just being able to prove that we could make a three in that game was so huge. And from the very get-go, Missouri was shooting well, and it just forced Tennessee to have to step out on defense and, and open up uh, the inside of, of their interior defense.
0: And Tennessee didn't shoot terribly by any means. They actually shot a slightly higher two-point percentage than Missouri, um, and it was pretty close to even from three. Uh, Tennessee was 41%, and uh, Missouri Missouri's 42 the big difference in this one was the turnovers. Tennessee had 18 turnovers; that's 27 percent of their possessions, and uh, Missouri only had 11.
1: Yeah, it really, it felt especially early. It felt like Missouri was scoring in transition a lot and getting breakaway layups. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, you just can't say enough about Penson's performance, but uh, also Drew Smith had 18 points. He was a conference player of the week. Um, Penson was three for three from three drew smith three for nine that's probably more threes than i'd like to see him taking but he's now the top three-point shooter by percentage on the team yeah so um i guess we need somebody that can make them to be taking them yeah i mean look at
1: xavier pinson's efficiency in this game you know seven for 11 from two and three for three from three yeah and the the team as a whole shot 42 percent from three and they just don't do that very often and when they can I don't know. It just totally changes the entire offense.
0: Yeah. They out-rebounded Tennessee. Um, I mean, Eve Ponds was the only guy that could really get anything going. He was um, shooting threes too, yeah. which I didn't really expect to see. I mean, he was almost their only offense. I mean, he was three for eight from three. He was getting to the free throw line. He was finishing. Um, but, I don't know. It just seems like Missouri just had Tennessee's number in this one, and I – I don't think I obviously we didn't expect it because we picked we predicted Tennessee to win and something is just not quite right with this Tennessee offense. Yeah. They were just insanely efficient there at the start of SEC play and in non-conference play and just fallen off a little bit and that they've fallen off just enough to not be elite uh, on offense like they were.
1: Yeah, they were without Springer in this game, which I'm not sure makes a huge amount of difference, but it could but yeah they're they just looking they were, they were looking a little bit more anemic than they they did definitely the last time we played them they just weren't making jump shots like they were and yeah Ponza's is really having to carry them and i'm not really sure that's the greatest thing is whenever Ponza's is having to carry efficient uh, uh, offensively yeah it's almost kind of like um, a few years ago when mizzou like jonathan williams the third was having to carry us offensively like he was a great player great college player but we just were never as
0: as a he was doing it as a freshman and sophomore right
1: but we just I don't know with him having to score and be the be the main scorer it just wasn't ever going to end well yeah but
0: kind of similar to uh Kevin Perrier as well when he was like the number one off option on offense It's like okay this isn't sustainable yeah um man I wish we could talk about this game second because now we have to go into a little bit of a downer but after that game uh, Missouri obviously they jumped up in Ken to 20 they fluctuated throughout the week um, I think they immediately jumped up to like 28 yeah and uh, I mean
1: that's just a statement when I mean going on the road beating the number six team in the country yeah. I mean Missouri just I mean that's the, that it is the single biggest win Missouri has had in a really long time statistically maybe since 2012 season i don't know i think they were talking about that but when, when was the last time missouri beat a top 10 team on the road on the road i mean who knows yeah. it's been a long time
0: and obviously road games are a little bit different this year but true i but, don't the selection committee doesn't care that's still a quadrant one win i mean that was yeah. the missouri's fifth quad one win yeah only uh, only other team in the country that has more quad one
1: wins is gonzaga
0: quad one win
1: Quad whoa, whoa. <laughs> anyways um <laughs> I, it's just great for konzo too obviously yeah. with uh his
0: situation yeah that video came out of him just like
1: just yelling yes. in the celebration yeah that was great makes you feel good yeah yeah um it was just an all-around wonderful thing and we just haven't got many of those
0: those nights in a, in a while as, uh, outside of this season and it just shows you what the team is capable of when they're when they've got it going and they didn't even necessarily need Penson to go as bonkers as he did offensively I mean he kind of picked up the slack for like Mark Smith for example who just offensively another kind of no-show game from him um, and so if you just get a little bit more from Mark then it's more it, it's more repeatable for Mark to be more productive and then you don't have to have Penson go crazy and uh, even Tillman finished with nine points and i mean he was doing exactly what he needed to do though i mean when penson is playing like that then you just need to like you said uh you want tennessee to uh, compress the accordion around tillman at the beginning and then allow yeah. those guards us to those take over.
1: yeah that's exactly what they did uh, i the things that xavier penson was doing in this game could give him like nba looks that he wasn't getting like just some of the way the ways that he was hanging in the air on those layups and just waiting for the perfect moment to yeah. to shoot whenever the defender couldn't get the perfect to touch the off the
0: backboard to get it to
1: some truly incredible plays in this game and his his performance was probably one of the best individual performances i've seen for a missouri player in a really long time mm-hmm.
0: unfortunately missouri had to stay on the road and go to auburn and uh play against the one of the hottest teams in the country probably yep. sure Sh- sharif cooper and the tigers <laughs> this was really quite the game wasn't it it's it was like going into it coming off the high of beating tennessee it just seemed prime for a letdown like i I really I knew Missouri could beat Auburn, but it just seemed like every circumstance around this game was pointing to an Auburn win. And they were actually favored by they Vegas were. by, like, two points, I yep. think. And uh, I don't know. Missouri, as, as well as they started that Tennessee game, they did the opposite against Auburn. Just nothing early. Couldn't get it going. Turning the ball over. Both teams turning the ball over. Right. Yeah,
1: I mean it's interesting because I don't think Missouri played terribly in this game, and they did dig themselves in a hole at the beginning of the of the first half for sure. But I do I do like that they fought back in the game and they, they cleaned it up. Yeah, they they really acted like that that good team yes. in in the in the matchup. Like they they got done early, but figured out how to get back in it and and looked like that that ominous like oh here come like this team's really good here they come. Yeah, and Missouri played that role in this game. And against the odds, we're, we're able to come back, and it's just amazing how good or how different Auburn was when Sharif Cooper was in the game and when he mm-hmm. wasn't. I mean, they were falling apart whenever he took a took a breather on the bench, or there was a little bit in the second half where he had to he was having some cramps or something and had to go get stretched out. He had a
0: little bit of foul trouble too. Yeah,
1: and they were clueless as to r- how to run the offense without yeah. him in the game. And the second he gets in there, uh, he's just so crafty with the ball. He doesn't even shoot that well. I think he's shooting like 20% on the season from three, but he's so good at just getting in the lane and being able to either, you know, go up with it or find the open guy, kind of draw the defense, the double team down low and get it to the open guy. Perfect touch on every pass just about. Yeah. He just makes incredible decisions, um, with the ball and it just makes him really, really tough to guard. And unfortunately, uh, this may be one of the worst officiated games I've seen in a really long time, and uh, Missouri didn't—they they didn't know what to do because they were trying to, you know, really get physical with him and and try and deny him from getting in the lane.
0: But they, they were getting called like for a foul every time. Four different defenders at him. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw Drew X, Mark Smith, uh, uh, Pickett guarded him for a little while, and Kobe Brown. That's five different guys that I think guarded him at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into just crying about the refs for turn like it, for twenty minutes, it.
0: but turn it into it for two minutes. I
1: I really we really do have to acknowledge the officiating in this game, and it really felt like we were had an uphill battle, and there were some really really questionable calls against Tillman, um, inside, and you know he's kind of been able to get away from that this year, but uh, he was called for some pretty bogus fouls. The charge calls were awful. It felt like Missouri was getting going. They were not getting every charge call, basically getting called for charges, and Mm -hmm. then when they would be set on defense, it would be a defensive foul. Right. Mitch Smith getting called for the foul when he dove for the ball, didn't even touch the guy. I mean, there there was several moments where the refs were really making it difficult for
0: us. And I do think they were bad for both teams for the whole game. They were bad both ways. I agree. But what really stood out, obviously, was – every time you could almost assume that every time Sharif Cooper had the ball especially in the second half when, when Auburn started that comeback he was just he lived at the free throw line yeah it's automatic yeah and he, he ended up shooting 21 free throws <laughs> and make, he shot really well of course yeah. so 18 for 21 he got 18 points from the free throw line yeah he scored
1: 28 points 18 of them came at the line Missouri outscored Auburn 65 to 52 from the field And still lost by two possessions. That's how many more free throws Auburn
0: shot than Missouri did. Missouri shot 18 for 27. Auburn shot 36. They made 36 of their 44 free throw attempts.
1: 44. That is just too many free throws for a college basketball game. I mean, and Missouri shot like 20, upper 20. So, you know, we're probably, we were pushing what, like 70 free throws between both teams in this game? Just too many, in my opinion. And yeah. both these teams were pretty high scoring uh, in the 80s. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I Missouri was probably could have played a little bit better and and could have won this game. They absolutely could have won this game. Xavier Pinson, really inconsistent. Like came off his best performance ever against Tennessee and then just completely fell off the map in this game.
0: Yeah. Pinson, um, seven points. 0 for 4 from 3, 2 for 7 from 2, got to the free throw line 4 times, 4 assists, 3 turnovers. Um, The combination of, well, the whole team, they were 6 for 25 from 3, and Drew Smith by himself was 3 for 4. Drew Smith, 3 for 4, the rest of the team, 3 for 22, 3 for 21.
1: That's a fat yikes for me.
0: Yeah.
1: I got a couple questions for you. Let's hear it. Was Sharif Cooper worth... I'm getting a random phone call. Was he worth breaking NCAA rules for?
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Probably. Now, he's been uh, determined to be eligible to play. Yeah. So
1: They took their sweet time.
0: Yeah. As of right now, that win over Missouri will not be vacated.
1: Okay, my other question... If Auburn knew how good Sharif Cooper was going to be, would they have self-imposed their postseason ban?
0: Hi. They they are a completely different team with them. Auburn. I mean, they're, they
1: totally opposite.
0: They're uh, an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. With him on the floor, I was just looking at their uh, their Ken Palm page. They since they've jumped from 81 in Ken Palm to now 54. Since he's been playing with them.
1: It would be really interesting to see w- what their season would have looked like if he was playing the whole time. I
0: mean, they would easily have... I would I would call their loss against 100-ranked UCF, I'd say flip that to a win. Yep. And they had a two-point loss to Texas A&M. So, that's two wins better pretty easily if he plays in both of those.
1: And they got a guy in their
0: team named Thor... So, I knew we were going to lose. What are you supposed to do there? You're playing against the God of Thunder. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I've got a question for you. Okay, let's hear it. Why, on offense, does Missouri shot get blocked so much? Have you noticed this? Uh, Like, in general, or just down low, or what? Well, it seems to be in general, because... Offensively, Missouri ranks 330th Ooh. in the country in the percentage of their shots that get blocked. Oh man, I didn't
1: realize it was that bad. Well, I-
0: Auburn had 14 blocks in this game.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know, man. Um, Xavier Pinson gets blocked a decent amount because once he starts going towards the rim you know exactly what he's going to do most of the time he was really crafty against tennessee but a lot of the times he gets kind of he gets blocked at the rim auburn was really like uh, more athletic down low than i was expecting kobe brown didn't have a great game it seems like he's a little bit undersized gets blocked on on bunnies sometimes but speaking of bunnies missouri missed a lot of close shots in this
0: game tillman has that really hurt had some uh, head scratching misses at the rim this yeah. year not yeah. just in this game. I yeah, think well, he had right.
1: a he had several missed dunks, and it seems like in the last few games. Yeah, but yeah, that that hurts. And the and th- there was one p- breakaway possession in this game where I think it was like Pickett or Mark Smith or somebody that we had like a two on one and didn't score, and we had like two or three a- a- a shot attempts mm-hmm. in that little breakaway possession right. and still didn't score. And I was like screaming at that point, but <laughs> it just it's infuriating to not get points in those kind of situations. But to answer your question, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Mark Smith gets blocked. Picket yeah. <laughs> gets blocked.
1: Anytime Mark Smith uh, – I don't want to get too negative here. Anytime
0: Mark Smith starts dribbling towards
1: the basket, I just get this bad feeling in, yeah. inside of me. I start having
0: like an existential crisis. Well, Conzo Martin has specifically said before that Mark Smith is not the type of player to get up above the rim and dunk it
1: he doesn't get to the rim very often right like he usually gets the ball stolen
0: away or something yeah i'm sorry mark see now this is the problem when you have a big win and then you lose to auburn before we get a chance to talk about everything
1: well we got some wins coming up right i think so There was nothing in this game to make me think like, oh, Missouri took a huge step back, and the season's over. Sharif
0: Cooper is incredible. Yeah, I agree. And Auburn's going to be tough to beat the rest of the season. I don't care who they're playing. They're going to be right in every game, I think.
1: Yep, Yep. I agree. Got to put it behind us and go beat Alabama. Uh,
0: Auburn has to play Baylor, though, in the SEC Big 12 challenge.
1: That could actually be a fantastic game with – Cooper going against uh Baylor's really good player that whose name escapes me at this moment but Jared Butler Jared Butler I I, I mean obviously Auburn is not gonna like win this game I don't think or anything but um, that could be a incredible individual performance from from a couple of those guys
0: uh Missouri's playing in that little SEC big 12 challenge they sure are um that's not always that hasn't always been a guarantee in recent years um, they are playing TCU. And who has okay. been
1: not good. Not, recently not so
0: great. No. now they now the big 12 excellent conference uh, has been for the last few seasons. Um, and they've kind of been getting beat up a little bit in conference play. Um, they lost to their last three games. They lost to Kansas, 93 to 64, Baylor. 67 to 49 and they lost to oklahoma 82 to 46 uh they did beat kansas state and speaking of terrible yeah they beat kansas state by seven
1: yeah they usually try and make these matchups pretty even i think they or you just play the whatever the same ranked team from the other conference and right. it just so happened to where from the previous year from the previous yeah. year so It just so happened that one of the best... I'll go ahead and say it. One of the best SEC teams. It's playing probably one of the worst Big 12 teams. Mm -hmm.
0: But... When you look at uh, TCU's rankings within their own conference, they are 8th in defense and... Sorry, 8th on offense, ninth on defense. And... That's i mean the teams below them in both of those categories uh we're talking about kansas state which is last in both and then uh iowa state um on offense so
1: yeah kansas state is
0: bad bad that's i don't have much to say on them because i haven't really watched that many of other games but that's kind of an incredible feat what they're i mean they're pulling a dare i say they're pulling a missouri with kim anderson type but of deal over there they
1: pretty much are uh davian bradford i believe you that's a familiar name yeah i think he's starting uh at least in some of their games uh luke kasupke yeah he's, he's on the roster he's on the roster he's been playing a little bit but so some some familiar names about
0: young guys they're both freshmen but uh yeah, yeah they're they're terrible right now yikes but surely i mean bruce weber's got a long enough leash right to get some upperclassmen in the starting lineup? Maybe. I, I have no idea. He's been there for a while. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at what TCU does well, and then also where Missouri might be able to take advantage. Uh, TCU does not turn their opponents over. Easy win. <laughs> now, I did mention the turnovers in the Auburn game, and they were pretty limited to the beginning of the um, game. Yeah. Missouri did only finish with nine turnovers. So... That's back to back games now with really good turnover numbers for Missouri. Uh, hopefully, they can continue that perfect opportunity to have a nice turnover, low turnover game against TCU. TCU also sends teams to the free throw line. So, you got to love that. And they're two-point percentage their two-point field goal percentage in defense is 200th in the country but do they block shots though well funny you should ask uh they do oh no uh they are in the top <laughs> 100 in blocked shot percentage on defense it's the only thing they're good at yeah blocking shots so and uh they're they're okay they're not terrible they're i'm, not I'm
1: terrible. making them like seem yeah. like there's a terrible team missouri absolutely should win this but yeah. uh you never know. It c- it could be uh, a little bit of a struggle.
0: Uh, TCU is actually playing Kansas right now. Producer Cameron, could you get us a score on that on TCU versus Kansas? Lowercase K. <laughs> when you search it, <laughs> uh. there are nine minutes in the second
1: half. It 42 forty.
0: To 40. Whoa. Whoa, that's a defensive battle. Yeah. Now, honestly, perfect case scenario for missouri would be tcu pull off a massive upset oh yeah win their super bowl right tonight have nothing to play for
1: i believe is uh
0: is this at kansas
1: uh, i thought it was
0: i feel like tcu i th- think it's at kansas here let me click i feel like tcu uh beat kansas a couple years ago when they, they absolutely should not have they did and that was a huge upset mm-hmm. go tcu yeah it's at kansas Ooh! wow
1: Yeah, I would love to see them pull that upset off. And then uh,
0: the listeners are going to know before we do.
1: Get blown out by uh, Missouri (laughs) on Saturday. All
0: right, you're predicting a blowout. I'm predicting a 72-60 win for Missouri. Okay, 12 points, yeah. Control the whole thing. Wire to wire. Don't make a sweat. Speaking of wire to wire, Tennessee never led.
1: Wire to wire, that's what I say. Wire transfer. Can I have my money back? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm bought in. That was the support. I, yeah, I I, I'm just k- yeah, I, well, We're trying to upgrade equipment and stuff. Okay. Come on. <laughs> we got overhead. Yeah, true. Uh, what was I looking at? Oh, I want to see what Kim Palm has to say. Kim Palm says Missouri 74, TCU 65. I think Missouri will get out and try to push the pace a little bit, and let me get Missouri seventy-eight, TCU sixty-nine. Nice. Uh, then do we get back to some SEC play here with? Let me. After TCU, then. In the month of February, on February second, we play Kentucky. Is
1: this a must-win game? Absolutely. Kentucky is not very good this year. They don't shoot well at all. Uh, they're struggling. They actually have played a little bit better as of late, but they really—I mean, what? They've only won like five or six games on they're, the whole season. They're
0: five and ten on the season. Uh, four and four in conference play. Uh, just to run through their conference schedule real quick, they started out kind of hot. three wins in a row against Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Florida. That Mississippi State win was in double overtime. Then they lost to Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia. Pre-Sharif
1: Cooper, Auburn?
0: uh, No, Auburn had Sharif Cooper. Then uh, they beat LSU randomly by a lot. And then uh, lost to Alabama yet again. Hmm. and uh, if we look at Kentucky's rankings in the SEC, they are 10th in offense, 4th on defense, and they are a solid defensive squad. They've got excellent length. I mean, you know John Calipari is recruiting the very best athletes with the very best measurables, and they are going to be able to cover ground on defense and defend multiple positions switch where they need to have some good athletes down low offensively though they're they're challenged um they're they're last in the sec in two-point field goal percentage
1: They don't shoot well from three either do they
0: Uh, a little bit better in conference play they're eighth in the conference so not great Uh, overall though for the whole season 307th yeah um so like only a little bit better than Missouri this t- <laughs> this team has uh,
1: has gotten better as the season has gone on which obviously uh, Kentucky teams usually do because they try and implement the all freshman strategy and so uh, those talented players if they do struggle they don't struggle for very long I do think this team is a lot worse than they obviously typically are but uh,
0: by the end of the season they they might be uh, decent but I and this game's at Missouri arena yeah Uh and Kentucky's going to be fresh off a home loss to Texas. Yeah. I think Texas is good.
1: Yeah. This makes me think, you know, obviously probably within the last five, 10 years, some of the blue blood programs, if you will, have really popularized kind of just making up their whole rosters of really young, like NBA talent level players. And John John Calipari has done it as well as anyone do you think that that strategy is not dying necessarily, but just is that maybe not as uh, maybe not trending in the in up like it was three or four years ago?
0: I would say you're probably right. If you wanted to make that argument, I mean, when you look at how the NBA is handling young potential NBA players, they are really trying to make it easy for these guys to not play college ball at all. And even and I think psych- there's a psychological element to this, to some extent, I think some of these guys who are sure thing one and dones, it's kind of been established the last couple seasons are going back a little bit further that you don't necessarily, first of all, you don't have to go to a blue blood program and you don't have to put up incredible stats in college. You just need to have the uh, measurables that the NBA is looking for, the athleticism, and be young. Right. And the NBA is willing to take a shot on you. So I think there ha- there's some psychological element where these guys kind of know that it doesn't matter that much if they blow people away in college. Yeah. I also do think that,
1: and this isn't always the case, but it seems to be the case more so this year, where they have a lot of guys with the measurables, like you said, a lot of guys that are super athletic but nobody can shoot yeah and i feel like that was really popular in kind of grassroots basketball um and i don't really know if it's still that way or not but in kind of the middle school high school age it's like really focused on get just open dunks and yeah. athletic dunks and like getting your youtube highlight yes. videos and a- stuff like that and it kind of feels like shooting has like gone to the wayside a little bit as as an as a skill and i kind of feel like this age group of guys who are hitting college right now are in that age bracket where they kind of grew up in in the just get your dunks in for the highlight kind of uh kind of age group and i just wonder if if that's if we're going to see that a little bit over the next few years where a lot of the top prospects are just uber talented uber athletic and maybe develop a shot eventually but Mm. when they're still developing they just aren't great shooters yet yeah
0: well, and, and they're not necessarily incentivized to be now if they are coming out of high school then they'll set themselves apart but the nba is willing to take a chance on a guy and say okay we'll just develop his shot in-house right. you don't even need to come to us with a developed long-range shot at all yeah and even if you can make some threes there's a decent chance we're going to rework your mechanics anyway so that you're better yeah so. so a lot of the schools that have kind of gone with that uber talented, multiple
1: freshman lineups, uh, Kentucky, Duke, Arizona, uh, some of those teams are p- pretty bad this year or going through like sanctions. Yeah. So it just really isn't looking good for that strategy of recruiting style right now. But I don't know. I probably shouldn't bet against those kind of coaches. They'll, well, they'll be fine.
0: The thing is, when it, when it comes together, it comes together in a huge way. I mean, it's it's maybe – it's not necessarily – it's high reward, and it's not really that high of a risk because if you've just got excellent athletes who can play, you just throw them out there and see what happens. And I think this year you get punished for that a little bit more because of COVID and everything. The more established veteran teams are, have a little bit more advantage than they normally would. But if you're going to roll the dice on – just bringing in five five star guys every season and see what happens, you're gonna be successful plenty of the time to make it worth your while. Um, one what did I just want to mention? Oh, one thing that Kentucky does though, they are more than willing to just abandon the three. Like, if they they do not necessarily try to keep shooting them if it's not working. And I mean
1: Missouri could learn how to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean Kentucky, if you look at their statistics, they um, are, as far as the distribution of points for their offense, they are 332nd in points from three-pointers, 31st in points from two-pointers. They are 324th in three-point attempts per field goal attempt. So they're not good at shooting threes, and they're but they're perfectly okay with just not shooting them very much. But even against their, in their most recent game against Alabama, they shot six for 14 and were just completely shut out th- at the rim, shot 33% from two.
1: Yeah, that was actually kind of a struggle, wasn't it? That was a fairly close game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alabama didn't play exceptionally well either, 30% from three. You could say, Kyle, you might want to say, Kentucky's offense can be anemic from time to time.
1: Where have you heard that term?
0: I don't know. It just popped into my head. Oh. I guess I've heard that somewhere.
1: Josh Heupel, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
0: You got a prediction for this Kentucky game. Let me give you a hint here. Uh, Ken Palm says Missouri wins by four. That probably is pretty close to what
1: my computer mind would have calculated. Um I'll, yeah, I'll say he's
0: gonna try to slow the pace down maybe a little bit yeah
1: yeah uh I mean both of these teams have the tendency to uh get pretty cold on offense I'll, I'll say it's a fairly low scoring game Missouri wins 68
0: 62 I can't disagree with you when you go first you just, it you just, just like love my take sometimes w- w- don't you when you give your score prediction first it just sounds so right sometimes it does sometimes yeah and i just it's almost to, too right yeah. if
1: anything like slightly erratic happens then i'm just right. out of the running yeah i did almost get that south carolina game right.
0: yeah oh. what was how close were you there i i know I, I think it
1: was like two or three points off oh
0: yeah oh yeah from, and it was the one game that you said
1: yeah. like you really disagreed with
0: yeah, yeah. okay whatever you going to how many times are you gonna bring that up uh I don't know. I might bring it up next week. Okay. We'll see. I wouldn't put it past you. Uh yeah, I'm just going to completely agree with your pick for the score. Whatever you said, I don't even remember. 68 to 62. 2. That's a good score. And that's that's what's going to happen, I think. Yeah, me too. Uh anything else? We got uh let's see. This, this season's going to be over before we know it. Don't say that. I, we got to come to terms yeah. with it before but we're gonna have we just gotta have fun, enjoy have, it. We're gonna have that postseason play this year. We're have that postseason play. Now don't look forward to it because then the, the season will go by too fast. Right. You wish you had it back. Oh man. Just enjoy <laughs> it. God. Just take it
1: all in. I feel like I hadn't been. Uh, I was really frustrated the other night with that t- with that uh, Auburn game. Yeah. And uh, I, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to be invested emotionally invested in the season. I'm not sure I've been there. I've been quite there uh, in years past. So, yeah. with every every year or so. It's a good thing to get mad sometimes. It means you care.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, You're often accused of not caring about the outcome of a Mizzou, Mizzou basketball game. I so. know,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm very apathetic about Mizzou sometimes. Right.
0: All right. That that's, is all, th- uh, that's all uh, I got for him. Okay, that's all I got for him. Okay. All right, okay.
1: everybody, you can uh, find this podcast on uh, YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. <laughs> Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Pod. Speaking
0: of t-shirts, check out patreoncom slash Pod. Do it. Look at the tiers. Oh, Maybe a t-shirt in in there for you. Thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week. After two weeks.